0: Hey church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you today. So this Thursday podcast for me uh, is really a good warm-up for the Sunday sermon. So as I get ready for our celebration of the resurrection first day of the week, our Sunday worship gatherings, I'm planning to preach um, about suffering, about Stephen, about the first martyr for the Christian church. And as we've been reading his story some on the podcast, it, man, it is, I'm I'm ready to engage with you Sunday morning and read this. But i just just want to pick up where we left off last week. So the, the stage has been set. Um, Stephen is a guy that's been invited into the church as a leader, to be a servant leader, to be a deacon, to, to oversee the local ministry of feeding widows, to care for the needs in the church. Uh, God blessed him. He began to work wonders and to preach and teach with great wisdom. And he was challenged by some guys from out of town, by the synagogue of Jewish leaders from you know the diaspora that are in Jerusalem. So now these out-of-town people are calling him into question and, you know, Stephen refutes them with wisdom that God gives him. So here's a scenario where Stephen is doing absolutely everything right. But in the face of this out-of-town opposition, what I need you to hear is that this story ends with Stephen's martyrdom. And this is a huge story in Scripture for me because I think there's a reality that as believers we have to engage. Okay, And, And here's the truth. Following God results in terrific blessings. Like the Lord is so good to us. He blesses us, but it doesn't mean that we're always blessed by the world. We shouldn't be surprised as Christians when we find opposition. And in this story, these out-of-town people are going to wind up having this righteous man killed for no good reason. I don't know what kind of suffering you're going to face in your life, whether it's going to be uh, just sort of what I would call the the neutral suffering that comes from, you know, just a, an illness, um, just challenges at work, you know, cultural challenges, just things are going to happen or I don't know if the suffering you're going to face is legitimate Christian persecution. Because of your faith in Jesus, you lose a job. Because of your faith in Jesus, you're ostracized from your family. Because of your faith in Jesus, you lose access to your friends. Because of your faith in Jesus, you know you you actually face some kind of suffering. I don't know what kind of suffering you're going to face, but I want believers to understand that we are going to face suffering. So when it comes, we shouldn't be surprised. And I just want to walk through what happens with Stephen. So where we left off last week, He has refuted with great wisdom those people who are challenging him in the streets. So when that doesn't work, here's what they do. In verse 11 of Acts chapter 6, they begin to secretly persuade false witnesses to say this. We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. I'm reading chapter 6 verse 11. So false witnesses are going to twist Stephen's witness for the gospel to say that the resurrection of Jesus um, is an affront to to God and the temple, and also an affront to Moses, to the law, to our customs and traditions. So that challenge kind of persists. They actually have to go before the high priest. And uh, in chapter 7, the high priest asks Stephen, are these charges true? And so all of chapter 7 is basically Stephen preaching a powerful sermon of the witness of the resurrection of Jesus. But in the sermon he features essentially the building of the tabernacle that led to the temple and the role of Moses and so this is the sort of layout because those were the charges that were put against him you're speaking against Moses and against God or or against the temple So, what Moses, what Stephen is going to do is he's going to say, All right, God made a promise to Abraham, and Jesus is fulfilling those promises. But the way he gets there is through Moses. And I just want to zero in on uh, the recounting of one episode in Moses' life. So, here's what he says um, in verse 23. And I, I, I bet you'll be familiar with this story. So, let me read it, and then I'll recount some of the Old Testament. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. Up until this time, you know Moses had been raised in Pharaoh's household, so he'd been really richly blessed. He, he was born an Israelite through divine intervention. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. Verse 24, he saw one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defense and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them, but they didn't. So Moses tried to rescue this Israelite. Um, He killed an Egyptian who was abusing an Israelite. And I don't know what Moses was planning. Nobody does. We don't know if Moses was planning uh, to try to set the Israelites free early. We know that 40 years later, God was going to use Moses to deliver the Israelites. We have no idea what was happening on this day. If he was just angry. Well, anyway, when Moses re-engages his people, uh, they don't welcome him. Look, Look what they say. The next day Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Okay, so what I want you to hear is that Moses walks up on two Israelites who are fighting each other. Inside God's people in Egypt, these Israelites are abusing each other. This time it's not an Egyptian abusing an Israelite. This is actually like one-on-one Israelite versus Israelite just hurting each other. And Moses, as a leader, wants to rescue these guys from each other. He wants to show them the path God has for them. As he engages them, they say, who made you ruler and judge over us? Wow. Wow. This sounds exactly like the disposition for the Israelites in the book of Acts who choose to reject Jesus. You know, a lot of the Israelites were saved. They followed Jesus. They became um, followers of the Messiah. They were the early church by the thousands upon thousands. But also the opposition, would be some of the Israelites, like the chief priests, the Sanhedrin, and others who thought Jesus was a blasphemer, who thought he was a challenge to the temple or to Moses, and you know they wanted him killed and they wanted his followers killed. So they literally might be looking at the followers of Jesus and saying, who would make Jesus ruler and judge over us? We reject him. Just like in Moses' life, these Israelites who were fighting against each other rejected Moses' leadership early on. And, and I recognize that in the book of Acts, you're going to find this carried out forward, Right. Inside Judaism, between those who accept Messiah and those who reject Messiah, there's going to be exactly this kind of fighting. And Jesus came to heal his whole people, but he's going to be rejected. So by the end of the sermon, uh, you know, Stephen comes full circle around and basically says, listen, throughout Israelite history, we have rejected some of the leaders that God sent to us. Like Moses, for example. It's crazy, right, that almost, you know, I mean, here we are you know, over a thousand years After Moses and the chief priest, and all the people from this, you know, the synagogue of the free men from out of town, they're angry at Jesus. They're angry at Stephen because they think that Stephen and Jesus represent a challenge to Moses. It's crazy. If you dial the clock back a little over a thousand years, their forefathers were rejecting Moses. Isn't that amazing? That the leader who was rejected a long time ago. Now he's venerated in such a way that Jesus is being rejected. Anyway, just says a lot to me about our human nature. So at the end of the story, Stephen comes full circle around and he confronts these leaders, basically accuses them of committing the same sin their forefathers committed, that God was trying to work and they were rejecting it. This is what he says in verse 51. You stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a a prophet that your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels but have not obeyed it. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious. They gnashed their teeth and as we'll talk about Sunday morning, they're going to stone him. Stephen's about to be martyred. So what do we learn in the story? I think a couple of things. The first thing is, I think we should not be surprised when legitimate persecution for our faith comes our way. Now, that's different than just enduring a challenge or a trial or hardship. But if we ever face legitimate persecution for our faith. We shouldn't look up to God and say, this isn't fair because the the Lord has been clear that those who follow Jesus will be persecuted. Remember the Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount, from Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those who are persecuted. Well, Stephen falls right in line with that. And you might. And when it happens to you, rejoice. Don't reject it. Rejoice. You're not being judged by God. You're being judged by the world. The second thing is I just want us as believers to have the same spirit led wisdom that Stephen had so that when we find ourselves in these moments of challenge, testing, or trial, that we are able to represent Jesus as a witness for Christ with wisdom that we're not just, you know, that we're not just fighting back, that we're not just coming back in anger, but that we have godly wisdom and a clear witness to represent Jesus. A third thing I want to show you is that these stories don't always work out the way you'd want them to. We want Stephen to be rescued, but that wasn't God's plan. Stephen was martyred. And in fact, what I, one of the things I want you to see on Sunday is that that wasn't wasted. Saul will be converted. And partially, I wonder if his conversion, when Jesus appears to him, if what he saw in Stephen laid a foundation for the day he met Jesus on the Damascus Road, which is going to come in right around the corner. The Church was persecuted, and they scattered from Jerusalem, but that also meant the witness for Jesus went around the world. The Gospel's begun to leave the city of Jerusalem in another wave of witness, following you know Pentecost when people took the gospel home. Well, now persecution is sending the gospel out again, so fruit was born. But the other thing that I want us to see and and this is more the focus for Sunday is that as Jesus uh, you know is the at the right hand of God, while Stephen is dying, Jesus stands. And heavens open, Stephen gets a glimpse of the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So even as he dies as a witness, he is judged negatively by these people from out of town, by the angry mob, by these who are fighting and just filled with anger and hate. But he is judged as righteous by Jesus. Oh, and I bet that made all the difference. So, church family, I just you know this is kind of a, um, I guess a call back to reality that we are living for the glory of Jesus Christ will be judged one day by Jesus. And you know, what a privilege it would be to know that you're going to your judgment and you got a glimpse that Jesus is already standing in your honor. How powerful. Listen, I hope that you and I will finish as faithfully as Stephen finished. I hope that it won't be as brutal in the end for any of us. But I do hope that you and I can be a clear witness for Stephen, that we don't have a clear witness as Stephen for Jesus. And I hope that you and I won't be misled with the idea that because we're believers and we're trying to follow the path of Jesus, that persecution won't ever come our way. That just wasn't the story of the book of Acts. Church, I cannot wait to see you on Sunday. I hope that God will do great things in your life between now and then. So, I'll see you in a few days. Bring somebody with you if you're comfortable with that. If you're watching at home on the live stream, hey, share the share our stream with as many people as you can. Let's get a witness for Christ out all over the Pine Belt, all over the world. Can't wait to see you.